0: Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of Riders and Fighters, a podcast. I'm your host, AJ Ortega, and each and every week on this show, I interview somebody in the riding world or somebody in the fighting world. This is episode 34, and I interview Christian Schmidt. He's a ring announcer for boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling, This is a really exciting episode for me. I won't do much of an intro. Christian's a friend of mine. We go way back. I met him through the pro wrestling world in Texas. I noticed he was pretty serious about being a ring announcer. He saw I was pretty serious about being a pro wrestling referee, that we liked what we did and that we respected the position that we had. And so we gravitated in that regard. And then we got close in terms of like a friendship, and I found out he was a big boxing fan. And that was really cool because it's not often I find somebody that is more into boxing than I am. And he's definitely one of them. And so we get there. We talk about the announcing stuff, of course, how he got into it, how he preps to announce, what the difference is between announcing for boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. But then we eventually do get into current boxing stuff. And so I don't want to belabor the point. I want to get right into the interview. And so, without further ado, this is my interview with Christian Schmidt, professional ring announcer for boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Enjoy. All right, and I am sitting here on Zoom with ring announcer Christian Schmidt, calling in from Texas, Laredo, Texas. Christian, how you been, buddy?
1: How you doing, AJ? I just want to say thanks so much for having me on. Do a great job as always. uh, I knew when you told me that you were going to be doing this, it was going to be a big success. So, I'm just excited to be on your show, man. Thanks
0: a lot. No, I appreciate it. appreciate it. So, you are a ring announcer and you do this for several types of combat sports and events and in all sorts of places. So, maybe tell the audience a little bit about who you are in terms of that gig that you got and why you're on this show.
1: Well, mainly what I focus on is professional boxing and professional MMA and occasionally uh, professional wrestling, not so much anymore. but I mean it doesn't matter I don't love it, but um, I've been you know leaning more towards uh, you know the money and that's in, in boxing and MMA. And then times as well. I mean I believe it or not, I announced women's tackle football for a league in uh, South Central Texas area. and I have a lot of fun doing that when I can. but my primary focus is professional boxing and mixed martial arts.
0: Great, great. And so I actually met you through the professional wrestling world there, and I've seen you do gigs like that. But yeah, I have noticed that you've been doing a whole lot of boxing stuff lately. And we'll get into all that and the kind of the differentiation between all the different kinds of gigs you get. But how did you end up announcing? Because I think I have a recollection that you had a background in like television or radio or both. Uh, so I'm curious, like, how did you end up announcing on which of these things came first? It was about 20
1: years ago. I used to host a TV show in San Antonio called The Edge. It was a cable, a legit cable TV show. We were having problems having people getting excited about it. Uh, and we, we were limited with our programming because it was television. And i uh, huge wrestling fan. It was right after Shawn Michaels wrestled in WrestleMania 14, and he got hurt really bad. His back was, was damaged really bad. And he decided to start a school called the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy located on the west side of San Antonio on Martin Street. Very, very, very well-known in the, in the professional wrestling world. And I was uh, going to college at Texas Lutheran University at the time. We had an autograph signing in, Seguin so at the Fiesta Ballroom. And I showed up. I pitched the idea to him, he's like, you yeah, know, I'll do it You I'm find my lawyer, Skip. He's around here somewhere. He's a ball guy. So I talked to Skip, and I pitched it to him, and uh, we got it all set up. I showed up at the gym, did an interview with him. I was so excited because I'm a huge Shawn Michaels mark. And uh, after that, the video played, and it was our most popular episode, and some of the uh, students, some of the wrestlers, started watching it. And a gentleman named Ray The Voice, uh, who I just got to see about three weeks ago in Alabama, I just we got to be friends by I me mean, attending the events. And he just said, hey, do you want to come aboard? I just was excited to be with the guys. I mean, I felt like I got an invitation to hang with the cool kids. And in time, you know, meeting other people, it was just like, by default, hey, do you want to announce? Never done it. But then it started like that. And, you know, kind of evolved from there. I mean, it's kind of a similar story. A lot of ring announcers have something similar where it's like you don't set out to do it, but it's like, you know, you're at an event. Somebody said, hey, we don't have a ring announcer. Can you try it?
0: Right place, right time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, Timing is everything. I I came and went in the pro wrestling world. It was very hard to get a pro MMA or boxing gig. Very hard until finally I got my first one in Laredo, Texas, in September of 2014. That was pro boxing the first time I house with AAA promotions, Pico Martinez. I was blessed to have that. And it started small. And then it was like two to three gigs a year just in, in Laredo or Corpus Pisti. And then in the Valley. And then it started to slowly grow from there. And then I got my big break. In December of 2018, when USA Boxing asked me to do the uh, Olympic Trials one, where I met somebody, got to hang out with my boy AJ in Salt Lake City, which is yeah. just awesome. And then that really, I think, installed the confidence in me. Uh, uh, right. To job and, and start talking to other promoters and promotions. And, and uh, it's just, it's been a heck of a ride since then. And, and uh, don't plan on stopping, And it's going to be bigger and bigger.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember you coming to visit for uh, the USA Boxing up here in Salt Lake City a couple years ago. We'll get to that. I want to hear a little bit more about your first few gigs. And so how did it go at first? And like, again, getting the reps in, we get better and you kind of adjust and make your changes. How was that getting prepped at the beginning to announce versus like your kind of routine to get ready to prep for an event and and announce now?
1: Well, you know, as, as odd as it sounds, ring announcing is more complex. It was more than meets the eye than, than, than somebody would think, including myself when I first started. It's not just standing up there and reading off a card. Right. That's what I thought it was for quite some time. And You know, the majority of the time when you really learn, it's like outside the ring. And to answer your question as far as prep goes, when I prep and I get a gig, I try to get as much information from the promoter as I can. I'll be adding guys or girls on Facebook um, familiar with where they're from, how to pronounce their cities, what their nickname is, what gym they come from to the point of where I'll show up at the weigh-ins. I can't go to all of them um, if the promoter doesn't allow, but I I prefer to. Right. And I mean, just the way technology is, like after the weigh-ins, I'll literally put my phone up and say, please tell me your name, nickname if you have one, what gym you represent, where you're you're from, and then I get the proper pronunciations. So that night, I go to the uh, hotel. I just sit in the lobby just in case somebody comes in and out, which... Every single time somebody from the event will come in and and I'll get to say, hey, what's up? You know, um when you Getting blanks, yeah. I'll learn something. And then after that, late at night, what I do is with my cue cards, I will walk around the hotel and I will just repeat, you know, the following contest is scheduled for six rounds just to take place in the multi-weight division. Introducing first, finding around the right corner and bam. Right. Or repeat, 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 repeat. The reason why I do that is there's a very big difference uh, between somebody who's up there reading it for the first time. You can tell, you know, fighting out of the red corner, weighing in at 140, and then fighting out of the red corner, weighing in at 140 pounds from, Dusko go loose. And, right. you know, you're, you're more comfortable with it, and it sounds more natural, more presentable and more professional, and that's what I do the night before. I'll walk around, just people see me, there's a crazy person. Right, right, right. And um, he's just talking and talking and talking, and I'll just keep repeating that to where, like, you know, I know it like that um, if I have to. So, yeah, that's what uh, goes into my prep.
0: No, I think that's awesome that making your – you're not just your brain but your mouth and your tongue and the way your mouth moves and enunciates things because in the world of boxing MMA pro wrestling you're going to come into some names you're not familiar with right yeah. how do i pronounce that right and and yeah i think that's a really good yeah i think it's a really good practice man i like that routine and so in this prep and we heard a little bit of your announcer voice and stuff you have what i can tell like you have your catchphrase your Christian Schmidt ring announcer thing, which is uh, something about the action in the main attraction, right? And so how do you deliver that last line when you get the crowd pumped for that main event?
1: Well, obviously, the most iconic announcer in the world, the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, is Michael Buffett. For sure. And, I mean, he could arguably be the most recognizable face in boxing. He's not even a boxer. Agreed. Anybody who's everybody would, would would you know when they start hearing that when I when I say I'm a ring announcer half the time the response is oh are you like that guy that uh, that, that that goes oh, uh, 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 rumble ready to let's get ready well when you watch the big events you can see how much the crowd says it with them now if you've seen the movie you know Bohemian Rhapsody there's a part in there where where Brian May and they're having a meeting in the band where they talk about that boom boom sh- And they're like, okay, we want to do something that our fans can do with us. And yeah, I mean, that sounds iconic. And Michael Butler, when he says it, everybody knows what it is. And they get to say it with them and they love doing it. And ultimately that um, plants in your brain. When you hear that phrase, you pay attention and it goes along with his identity. I mean, I couldn't, even if I was a fan, if I heard that, I couldn't not pay attention. So I wanted to create something similar to where people could say with it and I wanted it to rhyme. And I thought of so many different phrases and it was like, well, that sounds too complex or that sounds too common. And finally, that action and the main attraction, bam, I want people to say it with me and ultimately doing it once a night. And I have one other phrase that I've used. That they can get comfortable with, um, which obviously I'm not a TV star, but now with the Internet and, and, and hearing you do that, maybe some people can hear it or at least they're going to hear something presentable to where they're like, they're like, oh, you know, this get their heart pumping a little bit more. I only do it. I do the action, the main attraction. And then the other one I do is tell everybody in the city, tell everybody in the town. And I'll look at both fighter and I'll say, it's about to go down. Introducing first. And I want to do something that makes it all the more special and that, that adds to that feeling of, wow, I have to pay attention. Right? So it was a bazillion different ones that I thought of. That doesn't sound good or that sounds more like what he's trying to say, whatever but I finally came up with those two and I do the action in the co main attraction for the co-main event and then the one I just did, I do it for the main event.
0: No, yeah, that's good. That it creates this kind of Pavlovian response, right? Whenever we hear our favorite ring announcers. And there's a handful, right? There is Michael Buffer and Bruce Buffer. You know, there was uh Jimmy Lennon Jimmy Lennon and Jimmy Lennon Jr. and so on. You hear certain things and certain that make your brain get pumped and like okay yeah. my heart starts beating a little bit faster because we know it's 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 happening now and it's also your signature right and yeah. and again and then this this is how you're marketing yourself and getting gigs and things like that i think that's great and so maybe tell us a little bit about your perceptions of the differences between announcing for a pro boxing event Maybe an amateur boxing event, an MMA event, an indie wrestling gig. Like, how does that all change your approach? Clearly, your routine is going to be similar, but do you got to get in a different mind frame?
1: Well, um, like at any wrestling show, it's much more casual.
0: Yeah, sure, <laughs> um, sure.
1: It's much more laid back. Like in Texas, it's not state-sanctioned. Right. Where, I mean... It, can be more relaxed um, it's more fun uh, it's more you could be silly there's more humor involved um, you don't have to be on your p's and q's as much whereas pro boxing pro mma i mean those are state sanctioned where they have high level security they have doctors ringside, cage side you have to be permitted by the state of texas to be in certain areas of the building where, you know, pro wrestling, you do not. Right. It's much more tense for, for boxing and MMA. You have to be on your game. Right. You have to be focused amateur. It's also quite rigid, but maybe not as much because it's, it's usually kids and you sit on the side of the ring because there's usually when you do an amateur show, there's 20, 30, 40, 50 fights and you just can't get up and get down because it would be too time consuming. Sure. Um, they're fun. Uh, but you know, any anything else gonna tell you that the professional aspect is is better. Um, it's just more significant. You just feel it's more exciting and and uh but I mean it's fun to 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 do the amateurs as well and, and see the kids living out their dreams and
0: and advancing with them yeah, speaking of the the amateurs that again that u s a boxing gig here in Salt Lake, where I'm at, we got to hang out, and that was great, but and again, there's just so many fights, there's three rings, it was a great event, it was just so cool to it was so cool to just observe it, really cool that, to see that you were attached to it, so many fights, three rings at the same time, and I remember. It being such a long gig and a couple days and stuff. And like you were like losing your voice at a certain point and stuff like this. Tell me about that gig, you know? Because again, instead of five, six fights you're announcing, it was nonstop, dude. You were hours, hours and hours.
1: It was like 800.
0: 800, 800,
1: 800 fights. Jesus. Uh, I, I could remember getting there and seeing four rings. And thinking, what did I get myself into? It was <laughs> unlike any experience I ever had. Overall, true blessing. I loved every second of it. I mean, was I working hard? Absolutely. You were was sweating, it-
0: dude. Like, you were sweating, dude. You were, you looked gassed. Like, I was like, I, dude, he looked yeah. beat up at the end of this show.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, to keep that enthusiasm going for hours at a time, it was like three or four days in a row. A pause. A pause. And then the main day, to answer your question about losing my voice, did it happen? Yeah, it did. I had found uh, uh, like a cafe. I was able to walk to it in, in uh, Salt Lake City downtown, which everything's beautiful there. And especially in December. It was, it was cool. This- there was snow,
0: but it wasn't like irritating snow that was ruining everything. It was just the right uh, amount to where it looked beautiful. Yeah.
1: It was gorgeous. So to- I, in able to preserve or fix your voice, uh, the best thing to do is get lemon tea, mix it with some honey, uh, maybe a little bit of lemon juice, and just drink that and drink that and drink that. And that's what I did. Nice. And so, um, you know, did it help? Yeah. And then come game time, you know, you just don't even think about it. But, yeah, uh, that last day, my voice was hurting. And I was thinking, oh, no, <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, on the big day, the final, the final where everybody dresses up and I had to get my tuxedo and, you know, do my catchphrase my and, and get in the ring and um, make it feel like it was a real special you know, time. Right, voice uh, yeah, was gone. But that's a part of the game. No complaints. I mean, that's what I signed up for. And and since then, I've learned a lot, you know, like, like. Huh. Speak of them, I mean, this is coconut water. I, I never had tried this before.
0: The uh, Goya coconut uh, water. Yeah, the carton of mm-hmm. coconut water. Yeah.
1: I learned it. I, you know, just being a ring announcer, nice. um, it keeps me hydrated and um, that and, you know, a couple other things. But, uh, but yeah, was I a little bit nervous about that? Yeah, I was. But it all turned out okay. And um, it, was, it was a great experience. So for all I, a lot of those guys that won are competing in the Olympics right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. That, uh, yeah, there's a handful of folks that you have to run through there. That's USA Boxing. That is the sanctioning body of amateur boxing. And that's how you get your way into the Olympic teams and stuff. So, yeah, it's great. It's very cool. And I'm glad that that also opened more doors for you. Right. Yeah. So so
1: much. Yeah, I
0: can't even see, I mean, there's just been so many, every time I open up your Facebook or your Instagram or whatever, and it's just uh, that, yeah, I just see you're somewhere else in another city announcing another event, so that's really cool, man. Yeah, it's fun, I love it. So that's all your work stuff. Let's maybe talk like as, like, you being a fight fan, because I have a handful of friends that are into boxing as much as I am. I have very few that are into it more than I am. You are... Definitely one of them. And so I always love hearing what you think about this fight coming up and, and, and all these kinds of things. What do you think just generally right now about the current state of boxing? Because you've seen boxing through several eras, right? We're not we're not young whippersnappers, you know. So what about boxing now? What do you think?
1: I think it's great. Um, you know, with the apps now that are taking off, you've got the Zone and ESPN Plus, Fight TV. Fight, fight TV fight and TV. Showtime,
0: Showbox, right?
1: Yeah, that as well. There's 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 so many other ways to get exposure, um, including myself. Whereas you know in the past it was just it was it was on TV and if you weren't on TV that was it. Um, but that's helping other fighters. Um, people can follow their favorite fighters more. If I want to watch somebody that I've announced for in South Texas fight in Florida, I can watch it because I get this app or that app. Um, I think that the pound for pound list right now is super competitive. I mean, I could take, you know, five different boxing experts and they could have completely different lists, and that's okay with me. I mean, right now, it's like how your top 10 pound for pound, as far as who you think is number one, you got Canelo up there, you got Inreal, uh, you've got Triple G up there, Terrence Crawford, Tyson Fury, Errol Spence, uh, Tifimo Lopez. I could go on and on. Caleb Plant is knocking at the door. Just so many. Devontae Davis, good fighters right now is awesome. It's like that's what makes the sport healthier compared to the same guy or guys year after year. But, but I mean, I really don't know uh, who the top five pound for pound fighters are or even the true heavyweight champion
0: <laughs> right. at
1: this time. So, I mean, how healthy is that? How awesome is that? We've gone through eras where there was a dominant champion, and he was so dominant that I think the public may have lost interest, not to his fault, of course. Right. can't blame the guy, you know, it's a couple of names or something to say. But we just kind of like, well, he's going to win every time. Now, you know, with it being so competitive. So to answer your question, I think uh, the state of boxing is, is as good as it's ever been. Yeah, I'm with you
0: with the multiple kind of platforms you can access boxing. That's the thing. It used to be just HBO and just buying the pay-per-view, and that's the only way you got big fights. And it's like, okay, well, now we got HBO. Now we got Showtime. Now we got, again, Zone, We got uh, different promotions. We got Triller going on, that doing these weird hybrid events, which I actually think are interesting. Uh, We got the exhibition fights, right? Even going into the types of fights we're getting are different. Uh, even BKFC, right? That it, there's pro boxers that end up there now, right? And so it still becomes part of the la- boxing landscape. Yeah, I just think that the, the accessibility is really cool as a fight fan. You know, it's just there's yeah. always there's always fights going on. You know, and you can get them pretty easily now. There's only
1: one thing I would like to add that I would like to see. I would like to see pro boxing on network television. Yes. Not everybody has cable. Not everybody can spend thirteen dollars a month on you know these apps. I mean, it's great that for those that can, you know, I love it. But you know, not everybody has the resources, big families and things of that nature. When I mean, look at NBA, NFL, makes sense. I mean, when little Jimmy is you know bored on a Saturday afternoon and just turns on the TV. What's he gonna develop a passion for growing up his life for that's what you see. That's what obviously is gonna captivate the public's interest and it has in the past, um, not recently, I just wish that if NBC, ABC, CBS, those channels, Fox, well there's Fox Sports, but um, if we could get it on to where more audiences can be reached for as good as it's doing, It can be better is what I'm trying
0: to say. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's been, you know, decades now since it's been on just normal network television. You know, it's been even, you know, ages since it's been on cable, right? And so, yeah, it's uh, that's one of those things that what if it did have the viewership of a whatever Sunday football game? Now, I'm not saying a big-ass fucking... You know, division final or something. No, like just a whatever football game on a Sunday. Like, if we had that many eyes on boxing, that, that'd that be good all around, right? But
1: I hear you. I mean, can you imagine if, if, uh, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury was available on CBS right. and not pay to where you had to pay, you
0: know, $75? There's ways to, some people will say, well, the money. I was like, well, there's ways to recoup the revenue through yeah. advertising because you throw commercials yeah. on there. I mean, you put yeah. commercials on it. We already put up with fucking commercials anyway, right? And so yeah, I think there's ways for for that to be done, you know. I wanted to ask you some thoughts of um of some boxers, and we could go on forever doing this, and I almost thought about doing it like uh, like that word association stuff, like I say a boxer, you say the first thing that comes to your mind kind of thing. But uh yeah, I just want to throw some some names out there. We'll start like in the past, then I have a few in the current. Big name, Mike Tyson. What do you think about Mike Tyson, man? Are you a Tyson fan?
1: Um, great fighter. Uh, I, I I wish that if I can honestly say that if he didn't have demons, greatest heavyweight of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a not not a lot of people can make a good argument against that. I think you know. Yeah, sure. You know, just if he was around more during the prime of his life, if he had the right people around him. A, a million things, yeah, yeah. One of the best, but the potential that was like, I was like, yeah, he was one of the best, but the, there's so much potential lost still, you know. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Um, he was so great, um, but if if Cusimano maybe didn't die at that time, uh, that that young was like, I think that he could have gone. Is he the greatest heavyweight champion of all time No. But he so. could have been, yeah. If if I mean, we all know his demons. I mean, even people I don't even watch boxing know what what his demons were. Sure. But uh, ultimately, love him or hate him, you're interested in him, whether you admit it or not. He's intriguing. I mean, whether you're a sports fan, a boxing fan. He's, yeah. He's um, one of the
0: few that leaves the boxing world and is known, super known, worldwide, I mean, across. Yeah,
1: yeah. All over. So, yeah, I, I asked the question about, about my great, but could have been greater. And um, hopefully, his, uh, his life is, is he seems like he's much more at peace now. Yeah, I
0: think he's a lot healthier now. Yeah, mind wise. Yeah. And so, hopefully, that continues for him. For sure. Another one. What about
1: Johnny Tapia? Mi vida loca. Mi vida loca. Um, as, as you know, a lot, a lot of people may or may not know, last Saturday, I announced for his wife, In um, Mescalero, New Mexico. And I announced for his son making his uh, amateur debut, Johnny Tapia Jr. Very cool. That story is just amazing. It's sad, if you know it, about what happened to Johnny so young. It's like when you hear what happened to him. Your heart just bleeds about, you know, unfortunately losing his mother at age eight, not having really a father, all the hardships that he had to go through. It's just it it tugs at your heart. And Johnny was actually such a good person. He had a big heart, especially all that he'd been through. Great, lightweight, great, lightweight, did so much. For the people of New Mexico and the boxing scene in New Mexico, fought hard to better his life, better his family's life. He, he just had this gigante corazon, and he, you know, cared so much for his wife Teresa, who's my promoter. Nice, and great, um, great. they treated me like family. I got to meet a lot of his family, and uh, it was it was an honor and a pleasure to be the announcer for 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 their promotion. To answer your question um tragic for sure I didn't, I didn't want him to die you know it's that hurt but um what a triumphant story as far as becoming world champion and exercising those demons and, and, and defeating a lot of them but um, at the same time very sad when you hear what the poor guy had to go through as a child yeah and um, I'm happy for the success that he's had and um, I'm privileged to be be the voice of their promotion. And, and I get to see what his, his sons, I'm hoping they have the same success.
0: Yeah, I mentioned him because he was one of my favorite HBO boxers in that era. And just always exciting to watch. And my dad made me, you know, we're parking our asses on the couch and we're going to watch this fight. And, Yo, always exciting and I loved the way he talked. I loved the way he was authentic post-fight. And I love New Mexican fighters. I love New Mexican. Uh, New Mexico breeds a lot of good boxers and MMA fighters. So I mentioned him because he's a personal favorite, you know. Well, y'all being
1: from El Paso, I can only imagine yeah. how, I mean, y'all probably love him all the more. And, and like you said, he was so real and he was so himself. And um, I mean, I hope he's, you know, uh, found peace, um, you know, upstairs. Yeah, on the
0: other side, sure.
1: Uh, and, and he should, I will say he should be very proud I mean his, his son who made his debut so down to earth so kind, no attitude whatsoever, takes the time to talk to everybody and really a good kid and I was proud to be the announcer for him this past Saturday
0: Very cool man, very cool Here's another classic Pernell Whitaker
1: You know widely considered the best defensive fighter of all time Right, I could remember, you know, being 14, 15, living in San Antonio when he had his fight with Chavez and everybody saying <laughs> that he got robbed. I really didn't know that much about boxing back then, but you know, that's that's basically what I heard. And he also had his demons. I think he had a, a pretty bad drug problem, and it was very sad. How he got re- recently, about a year or two, ago, he got hit by a car and, 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 and sadly died. I will confess, he's one that I I didn't know that much about, but obviously great fighter.
0: No, yeah, but and you mentioned the one, the one fight that I remember, the Chavez fight, and then a a few like a month or two ago, somebody had mentioned him, and I went on a deep dive on some of it. And yeah, he was very interesting, slippery defensive fighter. Very cool to see him in some other fights with um uh, again unfamiliar faces rather than the big Chavez one he's known for. Oscar De La Hoya.
1: Oscar is great fighter, fought the best, very well spoken, great ambassador for boxing. His pay per view sales and the, and the and the revenue that he's generated has just been like amazing. Yeah, fought the best. I get very defensive about Oscar because some people say, "Oh, he lost to this guy or that guy." Well, he fought the best. His resume, fighters. Is, his resume
0: is unbelievable.
1: Yes, it is. You know, you look at who, you know, who he beat Fernando Whether beat Fernando Vargas. Vargas was, you know, in his prime. Jesse James Leija. I parte. He tried to go from weight with Hopkins. That was a mistake, but you know, props to him for trying. Yeah. He lost split decision to Floyd Mayweather. That is the closest anybody has come. Now, as far as him now. Yeah. As you might have seen, there was a thriller pay-per-view. Yes. And he, it was was the Askren, uh, Jake Paul. Correct. And he he was asked to commentate, and he was intoxicated. Yeah. And um, I really didn't like people all over social media making jokes about it. It's not funny. Well, maybe it
0: it was sad to me. That was my thing. I was like, nobody in the production is saying, maybe this is not a good idea. Maybe we do a quick spot with him (laughs) that we pre-record and we edit it nice and we put it on the screen. Something. Like, they weren't thinking. He has his own shit. Really intense stuff, you know. Actually heard him on Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. He gets into a lot of his childhood. A lot of trauma. A lot of trauma, you know. And it was sad to see for me. And so I didn't like people cracking on him.
1: You know. Yeah, exactly. It was it was sad. Now, as far as his comeback, I've got kind of a interesting take on this.
0: You're talking about the Vitor Belfort fight. Tell me.
1: Okay. Now, Oscar deserved to go out better than what happened in December of 2008 with Manny Pacquiao. He was sound defeated by a prime Manny Pacquiao, and for all that he's done for the sport, he deserved to go out better. So he needs to, you know, I mean, I, I believe that he deserves to have, give a lasting impression on the fans, on the public, on the people. So that's why I support it. And then I don't support it. Here I am a politician because <laughs> well, from what we've seen recently, as far as his mental health and what we saw happen on the trailer. And you know, things have been rumored that, that he's he's had had substance abuse problems. Vitor Belfort is no joke. I know it's in boxing, but Vitor Belfort, um, he's no joke. I heard this is not a, an exhibition. Right. This is a real fight. I don't want to see Oscar hurt. Right. But if you're gonna ask me, are you gonna be watching? Of course I am. Okay. <laughs> I, of course I am. I can't turn away. I call it Karl I and mean, You just can't stop watching. And so um, I wish Oscar the best. And I hope that, you know, he's especially kicked his demons for training because this is not going to be, you know, no joke. I mean, he obviously knows how ever since he won a gold medal in 1992 and became world champion, I think six times. Yeah. And so he knows what he's doing. But at the same time, I don't want to see him get hurt in there. So hopefully this is one excellent showing for him. And, um, you know, he gets his stuff together and he goes back to promoting for Golden Lake.
0: Yeah, I hope it's a good show and a good production and, yeah, that he doesn't get hurt. That's that's the thing, you know, because I actually liked how the, like, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones exhibition ended up. I thought that was a good product. I actually thought that was really cool. I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was nice, and nobody got nobody got hurt, and they didn't need to, you know. And, and some people wanted to see, like, a knockout. I was like, we've seen these guys get knocked out. We've seen them knock people out. Let's just have a – let's see these guys show us what they can still do. And they put on a good show, I thought.
1: Well, they both deserve the payday for all they've given. Yeah, And my respect to both of them, you can't help but love Roy. Roy he's, he's so totally. great. He's so great. And a country boy from Florida and I mean that that charm that he has and so um I thought it was great for both of them. I ordered it. Didn't really care for Snoop Dogg's uh, commentary. Sure. Half the people loved it, half the people hated it. I didn't like it. I thought him saying something like just like my two drunk uncles fighting at a barbecue it's like, man, come on. I'm I'm trying to <laughs> this to me, this is like royalty, man. It's like I'm like Yeah. Seen something like that is like okay, uh, a comedy show, but love Snoop do dog as a rapper,
0: right? And that's my thing. I was like, have him host, have him host, open the show, do a musical thing, awesome. I was like, get real people that are gonna announce and make it look like a real production. And I like the punctuating it with musical acts. Some people hate that. I was like, yeah. it's it's a new age, y'all. It's a new, yeah. it's different now. And I don't even know half these. I'm old now. I don't know these people, and so. I, but again, that the, the commentary I thought could be more professional for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's talk um, heavyweights. Tyson Fury. I
1: can honestly say that if he is focused and he doesn't have any of his you know partying ways, I don't see any heavyweight in boxing history that could beat a six foot nine. Focused, amazing boxer, Tyson Fury, if he is focused. Right. I love his story. Can't help but love the guy. But kind of like uh, his brother uh, said, he doesn't get any sympathy from me. He's chosen those things. And then he goes, oh, I want to talk about my mental health. And, I mean, that's cool. It, it helps people, I think. To an extent, but shut up. I mean, <laughs> stop blaming all of that. Well, because so, he's already
0: because it seems like he's overcome the worst of it, and you're riding this high. You are a champion. He did again that that comeback, and he was gonna kill himself. Like he was so dark and drinking himself, and he was so ridiculously overweight and stuff, and came back from that. Like, dude, ha- like you're you are mentally strong. We know you are. You have proven it. What about Wilder? Deontay Wilder. I see your shirt. Well, I see your shirt. Uh, it says Wilder on it. Tell me, Deontay Wilder.
1: Okay. I uh, well, Just to, to let everybody know, um, the previous weekend, I announced pro boxing in North Alabama, and his two promoters, JDs and Malik Scott, were there. Okay. And um, both, so nice. And posing for pictures with the fans, such positive attitudes. When I asked Malik if uh, uh, <laughs> did Fury really have COVID, his response was <laughs> the F word, no. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Very emphatically. Mm. No. Um, so that was kind of funny. Uh, it's a good question. As far as how I feel about Wilder, there, there is something, one thing that I hate about pro boxing. There's too many, too much negativity in it. Deontay Wilder has one of the largest KO percentages, if not the like 96% or something. Right. His, his pro record is like what 35 and one or 41 or here he lost one fight. <clears throat> and so all of these boxing experts jump on the oh, he sucks. Oh, he can't box. Oh, you know, you guys ask what. Come on, man. Okay. All the he greats won. have
0: lost once or twice or three or four exactly. times. I get Ali, Lennox Lewis, Tyson, De La Hoya, Chavez. Everybody has a few, you know?
1: Yeah. And he lost to a guy who's undefeated. And in their first fight, referee Jack Reese could have just as easily counted Fury out in that 12th round as he didn't. Right. That was fifty-fifty 50-50 thing. Yeah. I wanted to defend Deontay. Um, He's a good person. His father's a pastor. He's a dedicated father. Deontay Wilder, that's one thing I I hate about boxing is when everybody jumps on that bandwagon and 99.9999999% of anybody that said anything negative could not even begin to do what he's done. (laughs) Yeah. I want to make a prediction if that's okay. Go for it. Deontay Wilder wins. Six round TKO.
0: We heard it here first. We heard it here first.
1: I think Fury is going back to his old ways. I don't believe that he had COVID. Okay. If, if y'all remember in 2015, he upset uh, Vladimir Klitschko and they had two scheduled rematches that Fury had pulled out of because he was doing what he was doing and I predict that that's what he's doing right now. I'm even a little curious if October 9th. Yeah, right. It's going to happen. I want to go to Vegas and be there, you know, as I am Team Wilder, but I am predicting a very big upset. I don't think I, I, Wilder, I've seen his trading videos. I you know how he, he's just obsessed with getting revenge. And so, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, are predicting the same thing's going to happen. But I can honestly say I think that Wilder is going to be coming as a man possessed and he's going to score a TKO in the mid-rounds and it's going to shock the world.
0: Awesome, man. I like that prediction. Yeah, I like a bold prediction. Hell yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I, I, I'm just crossing my fingers that uh, October comes and it goes yep. off without a hitch. And so you are involved in the fight world in several, you know, in several areas of it, boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, always behind the microphone. Have you ever put on some gloves, done some boxing training or any MMA training or anything like that? Ever do anything outside of the announcing? Yeah, I, I used to be
1: a red belt in Taekwondo. Oh, cool. And I used to really like that. Um, Stan Singleton in San Antonio, Texas. Southwest Karate Institute, I really learned a lot. Started of moving around after that that's no excuse and then i mean I'm, I'm planning on it getting back so many so many things that are positive that come as a result of boxing and martial arts and um so i want to get back into it but yeah it, it was a it was a while back yeah, um, yeah i hear you had a couple of years but uh but as far as like practicing it now i hate to say it but now
0: and so the other part of the podcast is the writing part, writers and Fighters. You spoke a lot to the fighting aspect of it.
1: But do you do any reading and writing? Well, the part of the uh, reason why I got involved was about 2003, I started writing for FightNews.com. Okay. And I was the correspondent in San Antonio. And uh, the, the irony with that is I like to tell people this: the first person involved in boxing that I got to interview was Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> Jesus, it, dude. I, <laughs> it was awesome. right the street, golden boy and, and Jesse James Leão was headlining in San Antonio and my editor was, was like, flat top, rest in peace. He uh, was like, uh, uh, I want you to interview Oscar De La Hoya and I'm like, and so yeah, it was downtown San Antonio I still remember it and how nervous I was and, and just by by that gig, I worked it for about, oh, geez, about almost nine years off and on. Sometimes it would be one gig a year, or sometimes it would be three a month. It would just depend on right. um, the scene was hot or not. But, I mean, I got to interview Oscar De La Hoya, who did Cesar Chavez, uh, his son, Pacquiao, Duva, Jesus <laughs> Chavez, John Duddy, James Gleja. Uh, Orlando Canisales. i mean, a lot, of, a lot of big names. where I was like, "Whoa, this
0: is no—that's crazy, dude. That's awesome." <laughs> yeah, but I don't do it anymore. Oh, I
1: will yeah. actually—I'll I'll send in like to help promote the event occasionally, but
0: not like I used to. Wow, dude! No, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, you have had—you've had lots of entry points into this world. It's, it's great, man. And so, how do people keep up with? Christian Schmidt, the ring announcer, on like social media, and maybe do you even have like booking info for people? How can they, how can they get in contact with you, and how can they follow you?
1: Um, just find me on Facebook. I'm not advanced yet for Twitter and Instagram. I guess I got to talk to my nieces; they're, they're teenagers I and mean, TikTok. Maybe one of your teenage whatever. nieces
0: be your social media manager. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> I, think, I think I think I need to do that, um, uh, but. But uh, yeah, I, I really do. I need to get my own uh, uh, business page as part of being Christian Schmidt ring announcer and everything, whether you like it or not, everything is social media these days. No, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll definitely direct people to your Facebook and stuff, man. But uh, hey, it was a really good talk. Always good to talk boxing. I'm glad the audience got to hear a little bit about the game you're in, the prep you take to Give us that adrenaline rush right before that bell rings, man. So I enjoyed this.
1: Well, I enjoyed it immensely, AJ. Thanks so much. Um, and as a referee, you do a great job. And I, I, I miss seeing you, a referee, um, up there in the ring. And like I said, it, as soon as I knew, I mean, guy college professor like you, um, I knew when you told me about this, is was going to be a big success. So um, I'm just excited that you chose me. And um, if you ever want to do it again, I will be back like that. So thank you so much.
0: No, hell yeah, man. No, I, I appreciate the support of the podcast and you saying I'm a good independent pro wrestling referee. I take yes, pride are. in that. So yeah, I got. I'll, whenever I go yeah. to an indie show, I still I take my ref gig bag in the in the trunk in case uh, they need somebody. So uh. well, absolutely,
1: <laughs> man. If you ever need a reference, man, I, I'll be happy to be one because uh, you do a heck of a good job. You take it seriously, and you do a great job. So, yeah, definitely. I I appreciate
0: it, man. Appreciate it. And, yeah, again, uh, get some more gigs. Get some exciting stuff going on. We'll have you back on, dude.
1: Yeah, man. I would love to do it. So, uh, Riders and fires, baby. Here we are. Take care, bud.
0: All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to that interview with Christian Schmidt ring announcer working out of Laredo, Texas. He does announcing for boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, and more. And he's a friend, and somebody that I respect. I respect his experience and all the work he's done to get to where he is. I respect his opinions about boxing. He's such a fan. If you want to keep up with Christian, follow him on Facebook, You can type in Christian Schmidt and look for the ring announcer dude Or you can follow the link that's going to be on the website In the show notes in the description of this As far as the podcast, you guys know the drill Make sure you're subscribed Make sure you follow on social media If you guys have a particular episode that you like Share it Share it with a friend you guys want to stay tuned because next week I have a familiar face or I should say voice for the pro wrestling world Luis Spartan Ramirez pro wrestler and head trainer coach of five star wrestling in Laredo Texas that's going to be a fun one he was on episode one so make sure you're subscribed to get the alert when that drops next week aside from that be good be safe take care of each other